Hello and welcome to another podcast brought to you by Life Community Church, Leamington Spa. Recorded at one of our Sunday morning services, we hope this message inspires, equips and encourages you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Brilliant. Well, it's great to see you this morning. Uh, my name is Dave, one of the leaders here, and it's just my privilege to, be, to, be able to start a brand new six-part series um, that we're looking through the book of Hebrews, chapter 11. Um, we live in a world which is literally full of change, isn't it? Change and different challenges and, and stresses and various things. And is it really possible to live a life of faith? What is faith? How can I live my faith? What does faith look like for you and me today? And I want to start this um, series where we're looking at the lives of different people in the Bible, take from the, the chap- chapter 11 of, of Hebrews, the, the great um, storybook of people's faith, great heroes of the faith, and learning some lessons, the good and the bad and the ugly, of things that we can apply to our lives. And um, I want to start off with a well, we've got scripture here, Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 to 2. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And the writer of the book of Hebrews is writing that saying, has, having unpacked chapter 11, which is talking about the great heroes of the faith, saying, look, all, everything I've just written about, all these great men and women who've shown examples of, of faith, we are, you and I today are surrounded by these people in heaven, so let's live our lives of faith that have been marked out for us by, by God and started by Jesus. I just got a, um, a quick story to share this morning. It's literally hot off the press. Um, I've been doing my, I shouldn't say this, daddy daycare bit for the last couple of days. The kid, whenever I, I'm at home with the, ch- the children and Leanne's off somewhere, they always call me daddy daycare. It's bad, isn't it, really? Daddy daycare. Because they, they, they know they're in store for treats and all sorts of things. So Leanne went to, spent the weekend in, uh, in London with her um, two sisters and her mum. And uh, it, her sister, who used to work for KPMG, got some great, um, vouchers to spend the weekend in a five-star hotel, not just anywhere, but in Park Lane. It's, more, it's worth better than that, isn't it? Yes, it was a wow. It was a wow, but I always think when those guys get together, something's going to go wrong. Something's going to, or something's going to happen, or someone's going to complain, or something. You've got to remember, Leanne's family are Italian, you know, they've got all that. I'm an English guy, and they're Italian and loud and everything like that. Whenever we're in a meal in a restaurant, it's always too cold or too hot, or the food, oh, I don't know. I let them get on with it. My food's always perfect. But anyway, yeah. Anyway, so they're standing, and so I picked up Leanne yesterday from the station. How was it? I've got a story to tell you. Oh, yes, here we go. So what happened? Anyway, I was cooking a dinner yesterday and Leanne was telling me that this story. And I knew it wasn't going to be a short story, it's going to be a long story. So I'm not going to mention the name of the hotel. That would be wrong. But anyway, this five-star hotel in Park Lane. Daniel knows about Park Lane, he plays Monopoly, so he knows about Park Lane. So anyway, what happened? They arrived and they got a, um, uh, a triple room, so where there's, um, well, for three people. And um, apparently they arrived there, and there was only enough milk to make two drinks. Yeah, I know, that's what I thought. Would call for some more, you know. There was only two pairs of slippers. 
Yeah, I mean, it's not a big deal, is it? I'm thinking, what's this about? Anyway, so I'm thinking, yes, you complain about milk and having slippers. And, yeah, okay. Anyway, so they went downstairs and they thought, well, two of them had a drink, the others couldn't have a drink. So what they, they decided to call housekeeping. They called housekeeping, yes, we'll cut, bring you the extra biscuits and milk to your room. Um, and the TV wasn't working either. <laughs> so they called down to housekeeping, they called down another number to get the engineer out. Um, they waited about 45 minutes. No one came, either engineer for the TV or extra milk. So they thought, let's call again. They wait another half an hour. And uh, they begin to think, five-star hotel? Yeah, you know. <laughs> anyway, so Leanne said, well, let's go down to um, reception. So he took her sister who booked the hotel, went down to reception. Um, there was a long queue um, of people checking in. Eventually got to the reception and said, um, oh, um, we're room blah, 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 and we need some milk, TV's not working, and gave them a list of things they needed. Um, the receptionist rang housekeeping and said, oh, oh apparently um, they've already been. Oh, okay, that must have been while we've been queuing for you. Oh, that's fantastic, thank you. Went back up to their room. Any milk? Any engineer? Any extra slippers? No, no, nothing. So, oh, so they're beginning to get a little bit frustrated. So... Leanne goes, well, this time I'll, I'll say something. So I went down to the reception, and there was literally um, no one there, so apart from the receptionist. So he says to the receptionist, do you remember me from before? Yeah, um, literally. I mean, this isn't really that acceptable, is it? It's a five-star hotel. You know, I, I'd like you to pass this feedback on to the manager. Um, <laughs> I'd like, uh, like to think about what we can have in terms of a little bit of compensation. As far as I was going. <laughs> anyway, um, they went out for dinner. And uh, they came back about, about nine o'clock, half eight, nine o'clock. Went upstairs and uh, they went to their bedroom. And literally on the bedroom, they just laughed. Because on the bedroom were three apples, nice rosy red apples, and a little card saying, have a nice stay. And three bottles of water, which should have been a part of the room in the first place, but weren't there. And uh, who's ever had bad customer service? At this point, I mean, they're laughing, but they're thinking, this isn't really on. It's a five-star hotel, and they'd gone to London especially. It actually was Le Leanne's father's birthday yesterday. They'd gone there for a special reason. Um, many of you know Leanne's uh, lost her father in 2016. So they'd gone there for a special reason. And Leanne just got it in her gut. This is not acceptable. It, something needs to change. Something, sometimes things happen in our lives. When we have a choice, don't we? When something's not acceptable, we can either accept it and maybe do sometimes a typical, typically British thing and say, okay, but deep down complain about it, or we can do something about it. And Leanne just was, no, this isn't right. Went down and the, the receptionist had said that he told the manager, or said he couldn't tell the manager because there's a manager on duty. It was a barefaced lie because the manager, the customer service manager, was on a desk. And eventually, I got the truth out of him, pointed to where he was. Anyway, she's waiting, waiting to see the, the manager. Um, he's with a, a customer, and she doesn't know whether she's been told, the manager's been told that they're waiting or not. Went over, says, Excuse me, madam, um, I'm with a customer. Okay, I know that, but can I just, have you been told that we're waiting for you? Yes, I'm aware. Great. Went over, he came over to her, he said, um, Sorry to keep you. Long story short, um, what can I do for you? And Leanne gave him the list of, 
of that she'd written a notebook of everything that had happened and the time they had wasted that day in a five-star hotel just trying to get some simple things like some milk to make a cup of tea and coffee. It wasn't acceptable. So Leanne's first thing to her was, do you believe in customer service? Well, madam, you're in a five-star hotel. Cut a long story short. He says, madam, that is not acceptable. I'm going to, what, what do you want? Leanne says, well, you tell me what you can give, give me by way of compensation. And he says, well, what I will do, madam, I will phone housekeeping. Suddenly, phone housekeeping. I want X bottle of water, wine, bottle of champagne. I want this 160-pound bottle of champagne. <laughs> and you're going to have free access to our VIP lounge the whole time of your stay. And actually, um, looks at his sister says, for a whole year, any time you book with our chain of hotels, you can have free upgrades to VIP lounge. That means they can go there. They can have afternoon tea. They can have... Um, breakfast, they can have canapes, they can have, you name it, you got it, you know, it, we're talking pound signs, you know. And um, what's the long, long story short is, um, well, yeah, Leanne does like to get things, but she, Leanne's got, had a choice, either to say something or to keep quiet. And it's the same with us. We can say something or keep quiet in life, but also in issues to do with faith. We can, something's not going right, we can keep quiet. We can moan about it, or we can do something about it, as is our right, as men and women of God. And this message I want to share just in, in the closing minutes today is, is relevant whether you've got a faith in Jesus Christ or not. And today I'm looking at the first person in, um, in our list of six people, which is Enoch, looking at pleasing God. So whatever your situation of life, I want to encourage you today there's something I'm going to share with us from the Word of God that can help us in life. And God doesn't want life to be boring. Life does get boring sometimes. But God doesn't like, want life to be boring. God wants to take hold of life. If you're disgruntled, change it. If you're not happy, there's something that you can do about things. Because we don't just serve a king of a country. We serve the king of kings. God wants us to get the most out of life. And we're going to learn some principles of what it is to really please God. Just a few things um, to help us. What is our source of faith? Looking at issues to do with faith. What is our source of faith? Well, Romans chapter 12, verse 3 says, For I say through grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. So faith we see is coming from God. Ephesians 2, verses 8 to 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. And Romans 10, verse 17. So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And here we see that faith comes by hearing the word of God. Cam, it's brilliant, your, your experiences of IBC 27, all that you've shared today. And the fact that you've been praying and, and getting into God's word. But faith comes when we hear God's word. I saw something recently. You know, if God's not speaking to you, when was the last time you opened your Bible? The Bible is lit littered with the, the Logos, the written Word of God. But as we read the Word of God, we can allow that written Word of God become the Rema Word of God, the spoken Word of God into our situation if we allow it. The source of faith comes from God and God Himself. Next thing, what is faith? Well, Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, 
the evidence of things not seen. Faith is a substance. It's the things you're dreaming about, things you want to happen. And suddenly you get a revelation in your heart that doesn't come from your own dreamt-up feelings. It comes from God. Suddenly you want to change your situation. You get a revelation that says, that person I'm praying for can become a Christian. That person I'm praying for can be healed. That work situation, I know it's going to change. It comes from God. It's sparked from God. Faith is a substance. It's tangible. The evidence of things not yet seen because it's faith. But God has revealed to you that it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 5 or 7, For we walk by faith, not by sight. And we see in, in Galatians 3 verse 6, Abraham, the Bible describes Abraham as the father of faith. Just as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Abraham believed God. He put his trust in God. And the Bible says it was credited to his count. God looked at it and thought, that was amazing. That is righteousness. That is right living, walking by faith. So, What's the difference between faith and belief? Faith is a divine persuasion that comes from God. It's a revelation of what is true. You can't muster up yourself. It's like when you're praying and suddenly you get a sense that something is going to happen. That's a divine revelation that God imparts to you. It's a gift that God births into you. We all have times when we think, I wish this could happen. I wish that could happen. And we might pray for it, but that's not faith. Faith is something that comes to you. It comes to you from the throne of God. It's a gift of God. You can't muster it up. That's faith. Belief is your and my responsibility. It's you and I choosing to receive what God has just revealed. So faith comes to us the question is, will we go to faith? Faith and belief. And we see in, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, it talks about what faith is. That word from the Greek actually talks about that divine um, deposit from God, that divine persuasion. And then when it talks about um, Abraham believing, that's the active part of it. That's him choosing to receive what God has, 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 uh, has declared to him about being a father of many nations. So there's a difference between faith and belief. Faith is what's God's responsibility. Belief is what is our responsibility. So to bring this into a bit of a definition for us about faith, just to lay the groundwork today. Faith is a gift from God. I'm so thankful for that. When you, if you're a Christian here today or listening on podcasts and you, are, you received a faith in Jesus Christ, that has not come from you. That has come from God. Salvation is a gift from God, but you had to have a revelation from God that he is true and he is who he says he is. And then you have to do something about it. And it's a gift from God, and it's more than just a head knowledge. It's more than a passive trust. Sometimes we can live our lives thinking, oh, God's good. I'm just going to trust that it's gonna, life's going to work out. But faith is active. It requires something from God and something from us. Faith comes as God speaks his word to us, that divine persuasion. And someone wrote, God, faith is God's warranty that guarantees the fulfillment of that revelation. It's that warranty. God says it's going to happen. God's declared it to your heart. And therefore, it's going to happen. It may not happen straight away. 
but it happened in, in, in the fullness of time. And we read in the Bible different measures of faith. We read about no faith, little faith, and great faith. We read about no faith. Jesus could do not many mighty miracles in his hometown because of people's unbelief. We talk about, we hear about Jesus referring to his disciples at times, saying, "You have little faith." When they're in the storm and Jesus is asleep and, and they feel they're going to die. Master, save us. Oh, you little faith. Interestingly, on two accounts in the Bible, when Jesus says much faith, he talks to people that aren't even Jewish at the time. He talks to Gentile people. He talks about a, a woman whose daughter is severely demon-possessed. He talks to a, a centurion whose servant is going to die. And both of those occasions, they exercised not a little faith, but great faith. And Jesus was, was amazed, but also taught a lesson to us. There's measures of faith. I want us to think about this, just for the, the duration of this, the rest of this, this message today. When faith comes to us, we must come to faith. When faith comes to us, that's God revealing something to us. We our part must come to faith. It's that two-way street. So turn your Bibles, if you will, to Genesis chapter 5, verses 21 to 24. It will be on the screens. And we're reading about the, um, a, a man called Enoch. There are two Enochs in the Bible. And uh, this is one Enoch. And uh, we don't know much about him. There's um, a couple of passages, sorry, three passages where Enoch is referred to, Genesis, Hebrews and Jude. And in Genesis chapter 5, verses 21 to 24, it reads this. When Enoch had lived 65 years, he became the father of Methuselah. So 65, we think, is a good age, don't we? However, after he became the father of Methuselah, Enoch walked faithfully. Say walked faithfully. Enoch walked faithfully with God 300 years. And had other sons and daughters. Imagine how many sons and daughters together in 300 years. It's a long time. But at this stage, people were living to about 900, so it still, that wasn't that very old. So he's now about 365 years old. In verse 23, he says, Altogether, Enoch lived a total of 365 years. Enoch walked faithfully with God. Say, walked faithfully. Then he was no more because God took him away. Now we read that and think, goodness me, what sort of God's that? God, Enoch was walking faithfully, whatever that means and looks like, with God, and then God takes him away. Reminds me of that, um, that quote from the film Bruce Almighty, smite me almighty smiter. It's like, what does, what, 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 it took him. We get, some, a bit more, we get a bit more information about that in a little while. We're going to look at um, Hebrews chapter 11. But if we look at this in the Amplified Version, walking faithfully, verse 22, he walked in habitual fellowship. That's habitual, habits. He made a habit of walking with God, of having fellowship with God, of spending time with God. This is Enoch. And later on, verse 24, and in reverent fear and obedience. That's not a, a fear that says, oh no, I'm scared of God. It's a reverence, it's a a respectful understanding that there's a God that made planet Earth. That's a God that makes our life. Therefore, he's going to walk in that reverence of him and wants to obey him. And Enoch walked faithfully 
with God. And he was not found among men. There's expansion because God took him away to be home with him. In a sense, we know about Elijah took, was taken up in the chariot of fire. Enoch was taken. He didn't die. He didn't see death. He was taken to be with God. Imagine what that is like. like got, something like Enoch got God's attention so much that God wanted him to be with him. Wanted to spend time with him because he pleased him so much. I'm a father. I love spending time with my kids. I loved, I loved in the chaos of this weekend doing daddy daycare duties. I love spending time with my kids. I loved just we, took, we watched a movie together, took them kite flying yesterday, which wasn't too successful because there wasn't much wind. But I loved just getting the kite and throwing it up in the air and running around the field with them. and It was, it was great. And it pleased them. They pleased me. Just spending time with me and I loved it. And Enoch pleased God. And God took him. And we're going to see very briefly in the next passage, Hebrews chapter 11, verses 5 to 6. There's an expansion of, of Enoch's life. And we're going to see what really pleased God. If we're to live a life that pleases God, what really got God's attention about the life of Enoch? By faith, everyone say by faith. By faith. Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is or he exists, and that is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Wow, that is Enoch's testimony. He pleased God because he had faith. He had faith. Faith that he could come to God. What we see here is without faith, we can't believe God. Without trusting God and that believing of coming to God, God's word comes to us, but unless we come to God, come to his, come to faith, we don't please God. God could speak all he likes about your life. He could say, you know, I've got a great plan and future for your life, got great things to happen, and we can choose to live our lives worrying and fearing. Do you know what? It's not it's human nature to worry and to fear. But it, if it stays in our head and goes into our heart and roots it in our heart, we are not living by faith. We're living by fear and worry. Again, this is not condemnation for anyone who worries and fears. We all do it. But we've got to then choose, what is you saying in this situation, God? What are you saying to me? What are you saying? Without faith, we cannot please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he exists and he wants to reward those that diligently seek him. So three things in closing from the life of Enoch. To grow in faith and to please God. Hands up if you want to please God. So I'm in the right place today. My hand's up too. If I want to please God, three things. Number one, remember, come to God. Remember's in red there because it's a three-step process. God has already said, come to me. We read in verse 6. God has said, come to me. That's what God has said. That's faith coming to you. 
God's revelation comes to us today, church, and says, come to me. Come to me. What do you mean? Go to heaven? No. Come to God. Make time for Jesus. Make space for Jesus. Make space to hear from Almighty God. Come to me. What an awesome privilege that is, that we can come to Jesus. This week, in your diary, can you put a diary date in to come to Jesus? I'm talking more than a devotional time. I'm talking more than getting your daily bread out or your your word for today out. I'm talking making space to come. To come. Whether it's driving to, to your workplace and you're choosing to connect. God, I'm here right now. I'm coming before you. I'm in traffic. I'm coming. Speak. Come to Jesus. That's God's faith coming to you today. Secondly, you've got to remember He wants to reward you. So he wants you to come, but guess what? He wants to reward you and I when we come to him. What does reward look like? Well, the the, the Greek word there, reward, is like someone that's done a um, a day's day's work and gets paid. That's reward. And God wants to reward you and I. So when we come to God, don't just do it religiously and say, okay, God, um, I'm on my chair. A special chair where I might have spent time with you. I'll read word for today. Okay, great. I'll read the set prayer at the end. Right, I've come to God. God, would you reward me? No. What's on your heart? What's getting your beef at the moment? What's frustrating you? What's worrying you? What's making you anxious? What's making you angry? What's making you tick? Come to God. Tell him. But also... Ask him what he wants, what you want him to do. And wait. And believe he wants to reward you. He wants to reward your prayer. He wants to reward your time. Maybe he'll reward you by giving you peace that passes all understanding. That will guard your heart and your head and your heart in Christ Jesus. Maybe he'll answer that prayer and remove the situation. Maybe he'll bring you through the situation. Either way, God is going to reward you. But you've got to come to him and expect him to reward you. Expect him to reward you. Finally, we can think I've got to come. We can think I'm, God wants to reward me, but we've got to do it. This is now us being like Abraham and choosing to believe. God said to Abraham, I'm going to make you father of many nations. That's faith coming to Abraham. And then the Bible says that Abraham believed God and was accounted to him as righteousness. That's him acting. That's him acting. Church, no matter what your situation, whether you are a a brand new Christian, not yet a Christian, or you've been a Christian for many years, stir ourselves up. Stir ourselves up. We've got to believe this. We've got to obey it. Or we can go home and say, we had a nice time in church and live our lives. But God wants to revolutionize our lives. God wants to revolutionize your lives. God wants to revolutionize the lives of those that you love. But we've got to be active in faith. Faith is all about action. It's all about doing and obeying. It's about getting before God. Intimacy, God, God, what do you want? I'm feeling this stuff at the moment. It might take you a few moments just to get a sense of stillness before you can retell God what's on your heart. 
God, I choose now in faith to, to receive something from you. And God wants to speak into your heart. Holy Spirit wants to speak fresh things into your life. If you've been a Christian for 40 years and, and life's a bit sort of just normal, then ask God to stir your life up again. Stir your life up. Stir your life up. I've been there. I've done it. I've been like there where life's just normal. But we need to stir ourselves up because God wants to stir us up for a generation that needs him. Um, I was reminded of, I read uh, Jeremiah chapter uh, 42 this week. And the people of Judah come to, to, to Jeremiah and say, look, would you pray for us? We don't know whether we're to go to Egypt or not. And whatever what God says, we'll do. That wasn't what they were thinking. They had their own agenda. Whatever God says, we'll do. And so Jeremiah prayed for Judah. Not one day, not two days, but for ten days. And after ten days, God gave him an answer. And sometimes we want an answer now straight away. God speaks to me now. But God is more interested in the process of us coming to him. God, I, I'm expecting you to, to speak to me. And each day, day number one, day number two, that habitual day number three, God, I love you. God, above all situations that I'm facing, I love you. Would, you. would you help that person? Would you save that person? Would you help my life? Would you help that person that I love? Day number four, day number five. And God will reward you because he's interested in the process. If, I, if you gave your children, if I gave my children what they wanted, when they wanted, it would make them spoil. But we come to God like that, don't we? God, I want it now. Don't hear from God. God is interested in process because we've got a lifetime to live with him. We've got to obey. And the reality is, in Jeremiah chapter 42, when they got the answer, they weren't interested in it because the answer was different to what they wanted. But that's true surrender. When God says, I know best for your life, trust me, Trust me, my faith comes to you right now and says, this is what I see, this is what's going to happen. Now we've got to choose, choose to accept that or reject it. And if we accept it, in our bank account of righteousness, it's like God, God says, that's great, that's great. Faith is active church. Whether we've been a Christian for a week, 40 years, we've got to exercise our faith muscles. And to do that, we walk with God. And that pleases God. Amen. Let's pray. We're just going to unpack a lot of um, few stories of, of faith of the next few weeks. But um, I dare to believe that God's going to speak to us as a church and as an individuals as we look at the whole area of faith. God is, is putting this on my radar right now, that God wants us to step up in the whole area of faith to a brand new level. And if the church is stepping up, that means the, if the church is the people, then we as individuals have a responsibility to step up in faith. What does that look like? Well, today we've looked at the fact of walking with God. Faith comes to us, so we must come to faith. What areas of your life do you need to come to faith in? Is there areas of life that God has been speaking but you've not obeyed? You've not yet come to faith in that area? Then come to faith. Choose. Say, God, forgive me for delaying. I'm going to obey you in that area. Maybe you've not been spending time with God. And, and is it a worry that maybe, is it a re wonder that maybe 
frustrations, anxieties, difficulties that come your way because you're not walking with God day by day. God wants nothing more than to spend time with his children. As If you've got children, you'd love to spend time with yours. God loves you so much. Time is gone. But after the service, we're going to have um, a team of people that are going to be available at the front of the church. And if you want prayer for anything, God has been speaking. Ask God even now, God, out of this message, what are you speaking to me about? Ask that question to him right now. And if you want to pray for anything, maybe the thing you're responding to, or maybe um, something else in your life. Maybe you, you, you've got a, um, a, a sickness or illness or something in your life you just want prayer for. Then our prayer team would love to pray for you straight after the service ends. But I'm going to pray right now. Hand back to David. And then do come forward for prayer as soon as the service is dismissed. We hope that you enjoyed this message. For many more resources and for more information, visit our website at www.life-cc.org.